Bruins back to the winning ways. Well, let's grade them out. Offense, defense, special teams. Let's get to it. Locked on UCLA. You are locked on UCLA. Your daily podcast on the UCLA Bruins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Happy Halloween, everybody. It's Zach Anderson, Yoxheimer. Thanks for making Locked On UCLA your first listen each and every day. It's your team every day. It's free wherever you get your podcasts. Also, you can watch on YouTube. If you're not watching right now, go like, comment, subscribe. Thanks for your support. In the meantime, we're racing to it as the Bruins coming through with a dominant 38-13 win over the Stanford Cardinal. That makes it three out of the last four for UCLA as they beat the Cardinal at home. First win at home at the Rose Bowl for UCLA over Stanford since 2008. And I know, didn't the tree get in trouble Did for the Stanford tree saying no more fun for Stanford? Something like that. Well, the Bruins said no more fun for Stanford in the Rose Bowl anymore as Chip Kelly has turned around those Stanford woes, kind of back to Oregon a little bit. And most importantly for UCLA, they've turned around their woes against the Cardinal, finally finding ways to chop down that tree against the Stanford Cardinal. It was a matchup that the Bruins were probably, especially from my eyes, expecting to dominate as they came through pretty heavy favorites. Every ranked team Stanford had seen at the point of the game had come through and dominated the Cardinal. Stanford was coming through on a two-game winning streak, but really banged up, shorthanded, and with an angry UCLA team coming off that performance the week prior in Eugene, I truly thought there's no chance that game would be close, and despite Stanford getting that first score, UCLA finds themselves dominating for the rest of the game. So again, technically a comeback victory if you think about it from the 10-30 mark of the first quarter, but otherwise, UCLA racing out to a 38-6 lead late in the fourth quarter before a garbage time touchdown scored by the Cardinals. UCLA dominant from start to finish. Still th some things to work on, some, eh, you know, some things we don't like to see, but we got to discuss them anyway. Positives, negatives, we're starting with the UCLA offense as per usual. Well, there's no way to really start this offensive chat than really talk about Zach Charbonnet. Charbonnet is just spectacular, of course. Maybe I'm just honored to share the same first name because the man is an absolute beast. Troy Aikman, as I discussed in my mini reaction after the game, either late Saturday or early Sunday, whenever you saw the 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 shortened edition for Locked On UCLA over the weekends. Troy Aikman was saying, all right, yeah, on Twitter, yeah, someone's going to get some hell of a running back in the draft for the upcoming NFL draft later in 2023. So if Charbonnet continues to build the resume, maybe he gets an outside chance and, you know, he gets invited to New York, the Heisman voting, whatever it may be. Even Chip Kelly was quoted as saying after the game, yeah, well, those 7.30 kickoffs really hurt Heisman voting and exposure for teams on the West Coast. And with that late night kick for UCLA and Stanford, well, most people probably didn't watch it if you're further east with a game against a, a team under 500 against a team like UCLA who is expected to dominate the Cardinal like they did. Anyways, the offense looked spectacular as the Bruins were pretty much dominant, especially in the run game. There's no question UCLA was going to run the ball on Stanford, and they certainly did it with their best rushing attack 
of the season. The first time the Bruins eclipsed the 300 rushing yard mark. Stanford, they ran for 145 yards, but for the Bruins, a week after what was eh, not exactly a season low, but you know, a, a time where they ran the ball but couldn't do it do so effectively. UCLA looked good running the ball, and when they knew, when everybody knew what they're going to do, and they could do it, that's a very welcome sign. And Charbonnet was great. It was also great to see Kaz Allen break one off. It seems like it's just been so long since Kaz Allen's broken off a big touchdown run, a 72-yard score, and. For the Bruins, seeing Kazmir Allen come through, longtime Bruin now as well since the Chip Kelly era started. And he broke off a touchdown run against the Stanford Cardinal. And UCLA kind of getting that Charbonnet beat you down, make some big moves both in the passing game and the run game. But then it's also nice to see the change of pace where Kaz Allen gets a touch. And with how dominant and how effective with one touch Kaz Allen can be, it was nice to see him break one off against a pretty porous Stanford run defense, which, again, a team who was one of the worst teams in the country at defending the run, stopping the run, whatever it may be. It was the unstoppable op- unstoppable, unstoppable force against the movable objects, if you think about it, for the Bruins running defense, running offense. And Stanford, well, they, they didn't really give up much in the passing game. UCLA and DTR, a season low in passing yards, not even eclipsing 200 yards throwing the football overall. And some of the worry over the social media, whatever it may be, was DTR looking clearly a bit banged up. The last time Thompson Robinson looked that banged up, it was in a semi-close part of the game against Alabama State. Chip Kelly said, well, at that point, they pulled out DTR in a game where Zach Charbonnet didn't play and UCLA rested both. This time, took DTR a little bit before the Bruins took him out late in the game and brought in Garbers. But maybe you could have argued with the way DTR was A little bit banged up. He could have given him a series off here or there, even looking banged up before the half. But with the game still not exactly in blowout mode at halftime, but the Bruins in cruise control up 24-6, to you know, maybe you could have taken him out, given him a breather for an all-important road game against Arizona State looming against a very big trap game against the Sun Devils on the road in Tempe. But it is what it is. UCLA offensively, a season high in the run, and a season low in the past game. And, you know, that that was expected against Stanford Cardinal defense where, all right, you're going to run the football. It was nice to see UCLA do it and to have some success as easily as it may be, as easy as it was. UCLA, a dominant, dominant affair for Zach Charbonnet. Again, a career equaling high of 198 yards on 21 carries, averaging nearly 10 yards a pop, more like nine and a half yards a carry, Three touchdowns on the ground. Overall, all five of UCLA's touchdowns coming on the ground for the Bruins offensively. Running the ball, looking spectacular. DTR was sacked a couple of times, so it was interesting to see that the Cardinal were able to drum up some pressure a week after Oregon didn't technically get to DTR. They did affect the UCLA offense a week prior. Stanford brought some pressure, was able to get to DTR a couple of times, did look flustered. They wanted him to throw it vertically. It seemed like quite a few times. The usually accurate DTR this season in 2022, 18 for 29. You know, if you you do the math here rather quickly, he was one of the best at completion percentage, close to 75%, 74% all season long across the entire FBS in the nation, in the country, whatever it may be. 
ETR only a 62% completion percentage, and that's not necessarily his fault. It looked like a lot of times, whether it was his read or it was the offense trying to go vertical, they wanted to push it, it seemed, vertical quite a few times in a row. And, well, DTR didn't complete some of those throws. 18 for 29. Interesting how the offense was still able to execute. One of their lowest, lowest conversion rates on third down in the season. This season, their lowest percentage of converted third downs, 5 of 15. Their worst number number prior to that had been 4 of 9. 4 out of 9 on third down. This time, they were 5 of 15. That's 33%. But as I already discussed, you know, the, the slight reaction not too long ago, UCLA, 5 for 5. A bit of an outlier there on fourth down. Perfect on five attempts to convert on fourth down. That That's not going to happen every game unless you're in dire situation mode and you just need fourth downs. And UCLA, despite being stopped on third down quite a bit, converted, which technically if you're converting so well in fourth down, that maybe nullifies the lack of success the UCLA Bruins had Saturday night at the Rose Bowl on third down. But either way, it was still for a team that is generally over the course of the season, been one of the better teams when they needed to convert on third down. It was nice to see the offense for the most part when they wanted to fourth down. All right, we're going to, you know, step out there and convert on fourth down. That That's not something to be excited about going forward, but it's nice to showcase against the team. And it helps when you can run the football, especially on a third or fourth and short. Well, you're going to mostly get it. And with UCLA running for over 300 yards, close to seven yards a carry, Every single time they ran the football, well, fourth and fourth down and whatever, third down and whatever, easy. Third and eight, you can hand it off, cut that yardage in half, if not in more. And then fourth down and short, well, that's a very that's easy conversion range for the Bruins, which they did all five times offensively. Not a big day for any of the Bruin receivers. Simply put, Jake Bobo, the non-Zach Charbonnet receiver, who had the highest UCLA total, 40 yards, 15 yards, a catch on three receptions, 17 yards, Kaz Allen. He had Matt Sykes a little later there. And the Bruins, despite 18 receptions, large large number of those, Charbonnet and 61 yards from Char- Charbonnet. Overall, the Bruins, the passing game just wasn't there and it didn't need to be today. It, or I, <laughs> I should say, before the likes on Saturday, Saturday night. It didn't need to be. Garbers didn't have didn't come in when the game was close enough to throw the football. So the Bruins ran the ball. A lot of DTR, a lot of Kaz Allen, and a lot of Charbonnet. Well, Kaz Allen, the one touch, big play touchdown. DTR running the ball quite a few times, 13 carries. And then Charbonnet, who was just fantastic again and again and again. Overall for this performance, offense A minus. A minus for just dominating another 500. Yard performance overall, they put up 38 points. Could have and should have put up 40 points, but we'll get to that in a minute. Could have put up, put up even more points against the Stanford Cardinal. But again, that trend continues. UCLA at least reaching that 30-point plateau in every game here in 2022. The Bruins, well, they're in the top 10 yet again with a big trap game looming up. Defense, well, we'll talk about defense. We'll talk about it in just a moment, but it was the offense and the defense that both led the Bruins to cover against the Stanford Cardinal. I believe Bet Online was able to have the line at about 16 and a half, 
17, close to a three-score game. And the UCLA Bruins, well, easy cover. You get to hit the cover, UCLA, minus 16 and a half, I think it was. Easy, easy hit, easy get for you guys. BetOnline is your number one source for all your basketball and football betting needs this season. They've got the latest on player developments, podcasts with in-depth analysis on team matchups, and news on every game, which means it's the fastest and easiest way with BetOnline to check in on all your favorite games and events, the postseason, the World Series still going on, boxing, golf, MMA. That's why BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-minute scores for every sport out there. Head to the website today for BetOnline or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. As the Bruins continue to dominate, they covered, they were able to do whatever it may be. Let's get down to business talking about the UCLA defense. All right. Well, it was nice to see UCLA for the most part with a sick Phil McGovern who was out. He was at home watching the game, apparently celebrated with the team on FaceTime or whatever it may be after the game. UCLA was able to see. All right. Well, they dominated. They dominated. And Stanford, for the most part, no success whatsoever. The Bruins, watching Moasau get a pick, only one turnover. If we look back to the keys to the game that I provided in the week in the week leading up to the Stanford game, I wanted at least two turnovers forced by the UCLA defense against the Cardinal team that had been susceptible to turning it over. Eight lost fumbles, and prior to the game, McKee had six picks. Through his seventh of the season, Mwasau, who I believe after the game detailed how the preparation leading up to the game led to that interception. And McKee, who is 6'6", can see over the line, see everything, has some good avail, you know, good 6'6", whatever it may be. <laughs> Losing my mind here on Halloween. But whatever it is, the Bruins are able to stop and stuff the Stanford Cardinal, force the turnover, and then UCLA was dominate defensively. It was nice to see that despite an early field goal for Stanford and a kicker who's, you know, and Josh Cardi, who's just fantastic. They they get an A-plus for Stanford in their special teams for the most part. UCLA was dominant defensively. It was nice to see John John Bonds, who led the teams in tackles. You had the Bruins overall fantastic with a total of the one pick and then three sacks overall for UCLA getting to the likes of McKee. They had a doing well. They did the best they could. And UCLA, excuse me, four sacks. Misspoke four sacks, six tackles for loss. Bill Calvert with the sack. Leatu Latu continuing his dominance with sacks. Stephon Blaylock getting in on the fun. Gary Smith, the second. Everybody having fun getting in on the party. And then with the six tackles for loss, Bruins did force a fumble. Just could not recover it. Overall, four QB hurries, getting to McKee, and finding ways after a week where you face an offensive line like you do against Oregon. Well, UCLA is what it is. They were having no success like anybody else has had against Oregon and their offense at drumming up pressure. UCLA said, all right, let's fix things. And with no Bill McGovern, the defensive coordinator out, the Bruins said, all right, let's have a different in-game manager by necessity. And the Bruins brought pressure, forced the turnover. And again, UCLA against the Stanford team, who is bad at protecting the quarterback. All this with a recipe for success for an angry defense. That was the outcry of the entire fan base 
including myself a little bit included, where most people last week would have graded the UCLA defense as an F. Me, being the nice guy that I am, gave them a D, a D minus, but probably deserving of an F. UCLA took to the late part of the fourth quarter before they gave up a late touchdown with four minutes left against the Stanford Cardinal, where they're up 38-6. with a nice to see a game where the Bruins did not give up a touchdown. That would have been a nice stat to have this year here in 2022. But for the Cardinal, who hadn't scored a touchdown in almost two weeks, dating back to their Notre Dame game, the Bruins, four sacks, forcing the pressure, almost eclipsing that three-sack-per-game average that the Stanford offense allows, six tackles for loss, and despite about 100 yards in the rushing game giving up the Bruins, truly dominant defensively in a nice performance where, you know, top to bottom, UCLA said, all right, this was a game they were there to dominate. It was Darius Mwasau, John John Vons, both tied for leading the team with six tackles apiece. John John Vons, two solo tackles, four assisted. Overall, you have Mwasau, six tackles with the interception. Those got to be your defensive players of the day, right? Even though those two didn't get a sack, UCLA seeing different levels of the defense, either forcing a turnover, stacking up the tackles and solos and assisting and helping bring down Stanford receivers and tailbacks. And then seeing the pressure kind of fix things back up for UCLA and figure out, hey, different guys getting sacks. For UCLA, for the six tackles for loss, all the six tackles for loss were by six separate guys. From Grayson Murray, Leatu Latu, from Bo Calvert, Carl Jones Jr., Gary Smith II, Stephon Blaylock. It's nice to see that while it is fun to give all the accolades to Leatu Latu, got a lot of love in the first half of the season, teams are going to game plan for him, and the Bruins looking for that interior rush, edge rush, whatever it may be, Murphy Twins and whatnot. UCLA was able to find different ways to force pressure from different individuals from different spots. It was nice to see the Bruins do that. And just simply handle business. A game that, you know, all right, it's okay if Stanford goes down, kicks an opening drive field goal. That's been scripted for a week. But then when the game flow kept going, UCLA asserted their authority. And while we would have liked to see a much bigger halftime lead, the Bruins could have had an even bigger lead. It wasn't due to the defense or lack uh, lack thereof. UCLA asserted their authority and dominated a game that they should have. It was nice to see. And the defense held up their part just like the offense, angry as they were. Pressure, a turnover, and the turnover led to a touchdown. So they got seven points off their one turnover. That's maximum efficiency. That's optimizing the forced turnover on the other side. That's all you can ask. Complimentary football. Your team, your offense scores points. The defense dominates. They force the turnover. Offense says, all right, we're going to go down score. Complimentary football in its finest against we have to say it, Stanford, clearly in an inferior foe this year. That's just what the Cardinal were. And despite all the fun that the Stanford band could bring and whatnot, and a well-coached team that David Shaw likes to bring with his coaching staff that had no switches from 2021 to 2022, it was, you know, the Bruins who asserted their authority and wants to exact revenge for that lengthy losing streak against the Stanford Cardinal. Now it's the Bruins who can maybe, at least for the rest of their Pac-12 conference rival days, Try and be a, a rival and a thorn in their side and be their nightmare for the rest, you know, for the rest of their series history until the two renew it once the Bruins move to the Big Ten. Nice to see the defense dominant. I will give the defense also an A minus. Nice grader today. Might be scary times in Halloween lands 
But, you know, it is what it is. We're being nice. Both A-minus for the offense, A-minus for the defense. Is this possible? Is this possible? Yes, it is possible. But, 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 but. We have to talk about the mistakes on the special teams unit, which is where the UCLA mistakes came. One, Nick Barmira, who is perfect in Eugene, going through the elements. For some reason, in the Rose Bowl, tends to have a bit more trouble kicking the football against Utah. Missed that field goal against Bowling Green. Had a couple of misses. And for Barmira, missed that 41-yarder for UCLA at the beginning of, at the, at the end of the second quarter, right before halftime, which would have given the Bruins a 21-point lead. Was, they got stymied leading up to it, ran out of time. Barmira tried to kick the field goal, and then UCLA, well, Another missed field goal, something that you really don't want to see overall this season. So far this year for the Bruins, UCLA, 12 of 16 kicking field goals. And when it came down to a game-winning kick against South Alabama, well, UCLA made it, made it as easy as it possibly could. But for Barmira, now for game by game, missing those kicks against Bowling Green, missing the kick against Utah, and then after a good outing in Oregon, comes home and whatever it may be, some for some reason the Rose Bowl might be giving him tricks, troubles, and everything in between. Ghouls and goblins coming out now, and for some reason the Rose Bowl seems a bit more scary for Barmir kicking field goals, but he's been reliable for the most part. Double duty as both a kicker and the punter for UCLA, and well, yeah, you, you hope it's not liar. He did make another kick. He was one of two, but for the Bruins, you really don't want a game to come down to a kick, whether it comes down to a close game in Arizona State, the USC game upcoming, or anything after that. It's probably going to come down to some made field goals or missed field goals. So with a missed field goal, that, that helps it. But what also leads me to the mistakes was we thought we also fixed this after the Bowling Green game, the punt return game. Well, Logan Loya took over for Jake Bobo, who returned punts in game number one. Jake Logan Loya took it over, and... He dropped, a, he dropped the punt. He fumbled it another time for UCLA. The third snafu for UCLA when it comes to punts. You had the block punt return for a touchdown, the muff punt, and a second muff punt for this Bruins team this season. For Loya, well, no one will hamper on it too much. But again, when you have two special teams mistakes, a mistake and a missed field goal, and for all intents and purposes, a 41-yard field goal definitely within Barmira's range, you would hope he would make that, especially if it comes down to a game-winning kick in the future. Special teams, we're going to get to it. That's an F. You make If it's a missed field goal, you can live with it, but you give the team who you're playing, like the Stanford Cardinal, an extra chance at it. They did get three points off of it, which negates the grade a little bit more. Chance to increase your halftime lead. The Bruins cough up that chance. Well, UCLA finds themselves, I'm going to give them an F for special teams. Something's got to be scary here, right? It's got to be scary. There's too much good grace offensively and defensively, at least that I gave them. A-minuses for both, that for the special teams unit, you really got to dive down. You could say about a D, maybe a C-minus if you're being nice, but I, you know, if this stage of the season for UCLA, their eighth game, and this is where they're still making special teams mistake. A missed kick is all right, but combining it to where it led to points and then, or combining it with missing points and then the fumble on the muff, the muff punt leading to points for Stanford. 
Special teams, well, it's a very important facet of the game. A third of the game, as everybody likes to say, the Bruins ended up with an F grade on the special teams. And while it was looking at their game-by-game comparison, one of their least penalized Bruins games in terms of yardage, you know, you, you really don't want that to be something you will make light of. In week three against South Alabama, the Bruins, four penalties for 42 yards. And then against Stanford, UCLA, six penalties, 50 yards. So for the Bruins overall, it was the third fewest penalty yards for an individual game. And the sixth penalty seems to be a minimum for the Bruins. The least they've been penalized this year four times. UCLA penalized six times against Stanford. Overall, offense, defense, while the results were good, it's not good to be penalized at least six times per game, giving up at least 50 to 60 or 70 free yards to their opponent. So that, that's got to get cleaned up moving forward. Again, six penalties, that's still the second fewest, which is kind of alarming at this point of this season. But also, the small yardage means it's simple things like five-yard penalties, a false start, an offside a false start and offside here. It, it's not the big part. It's not the big game-breaking penalties, but little things here and there can change a second and short into a second and long and eventually lead to a three and out. Those are little things that need to get fixed going forward for Chip Kelly's team and Bill McGovern's defense when he comes back and hopefully he's feeling better, the Bruins' defensive coordinator. Overall, an opponent the Bruins should have dominated, destroyed, whatever it may be, UCLA did it. That's what they needed to do, and they came out and they executed, and UCLA got what they needed to do, which is the win in dominant fashion. The Bruins have returned to the top 10. Although, all these pollsters and coaches voting, that's not going to matter anymore. Come Tuesday, November 1st, that's when the college football playoff rankings are released, and that's when we can really debate, are the Bruins overrated? Will they get more love? or they get less love. So for now, they're in the top 10. But the official ranking will come out to see if the Bruins have, dare I say, a scary thought, an outside chance at the college football playoff or the true run to the Pac-12 championship game and maybe a run to the Rose Bowl if they can win that, if not more. Other than that, the Bruins look dominant. They look like a good college football team against a team that's not so good, shorthanded, and took care of business at home to keep the winning streak at the Rose Bowl alive. That's the important thing. That's why we should be excited. And that's why you should go make Locked On Sports today your second listen. You know, thanks for making Locked On UCLA your first listen. Thanks for it's a free wherever you get your podcast. And also hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Thanks for your support. Go make Locked On Sports today your second listen, your next listen. They got the biggest stories of the day, big game recaps, and their take of the day. I know college football's already got another firing and an opening. Who knows? They're available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. In the meantime, we're wrapping up Locked On to UCLA in the only way we know how. Scary way for all the other Pac-12 teams out there. It's time for an A-clap. And one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. U-C-L-A. U-C-L-A. Fight, fight, fight. Let's go. Let's go. It's Zach Anderson. Yox Iver said, all right, let's go. Happy Halloween. Tricks, candies, whatever it may be. Hope you enjoy it. Do it safely. We'll be back turning the calendar to November. The nitty-gritty is here. The race to the Pac-12 championship game is turning into the sprints as the marathon is slowly winding down to the final legs, building to that, you know, crucial SC game. But 
First, Arizona State can't take them lightly and look past the Sun Devils. We will have all the fun in the world talking about it. And basketball, they got that exhibition against Concordia coming up. We'll talk about everything here on your daily podcast for UCLA football and basketball. So this has been Locked On UCLA. Go Bruins!